feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Lovely Rita, meet a maid. Nothing can come between us. When it gets dark, I tow your heart away. And Liz Cheney got clobbered. I mean, it was a beating in the primary election last night. And when we were here live on the Rita Cosby show last night, she, you know, almost immediately lost the race. And in fact, they are calling it basically the biggest primary defeat this century. That's incredible for somebody who had basically 70 percent of the vote the last go round. So what happened to Liz Cheney? My obvious thoughts are that she suddenly turned on President Trump and Wyoming did not like it. Wyoming felt that she was focused much more on January 6th and out to get President Trump than she was focused on the issues related to Wyoming, her home state, despite having this big, big advantage with the Cheney name and despite having all these other things. It was not enough by any means to overcompensate the fact that when they see her, they think January 6th and the residents of Wyoming didn't like it. And she really, really took a beating. What are your thoughts as to why it was such a stunning loss? It wasn't even close. I mean, sometimes the polls often overestimate the margin of error and overestimate like one candidate ahead of the other. And guess what happened in this case? The polls were saying, oh, gosh, Harriet Hageman, who is the challenger to Liz Cheney, might win by maybe 20, 30 points. And some people were saying, gosh, maybe those polls are slightly inflated. Guess what? They were underinflated, as it turns out, because Cheney lost to Harriet Hageman. Harriet Hageman pulled in 66 percent of the vote. I mean, that is stunning in a primary And Liz Cheney got less than 30%. It was a whooping, as my uh, mom would say, in a nice way, of course. But boy, it was a big, big, big loss. And talk about the weird things that are going on with Liz Cheney, because when she called in to concede, she literally just got a voicemail, by the way, of Harriet Hageman. And all she said was, hi, uh, this is Liz. Basically, I called me back, and that was her concession, because apparently Harriet Hageman wasn't picking up on her phone. She was a little busy celebrating. And so Liz Cheney just kind of kept calling, kept calling, and left this, like, two-second phone message, and I guess that counts as her concession. But then she did go out publicly and make an official concession speech. And here's a little bit of it that happened last night. Harriet Hageman has received the most votes in this primary. She won. I called her to concede the race. This primary election is over. But now the real work begins. And Liz Cheney, this is what everybody is talking about today. And I can't wait to get your thoughts on this tonight. She's comparing herself to Abraham Lincoln Because she said, listen, Abraham Lincoln had all these series of losses. And then, of course, he turned out to be a tremendous president, that he lost elections just like her. 
And then he changed the course of history that he was one of the most transformative presidents ever, which I agree he was. I think he's, he was an incredible president. But somehow I don't think I would be comparing Liz Cheney to Abraham Lincoln. But she somehow finds the way to compare the two. What do you make of this and how grandiose and overinflated is she that she would actually literally within minutes of losing and getting slaughtered at the polls, not just sort of halfway losing, but getting slaughtered at the polls. She has the audacity to basically compare her political career to Abraham Lincoln, basically signifying that she's going to have her very much signified place in history. Take a listen to this. The great and original champion of our party, Abraham Lincoln, was defeated in elections for the Senate and the House before he won the most important election of all. Lincoln ultimately prevailed, he saved our union, and he defined our obligation as Americans for all of history. And she has some people who agree with her. Uh, no doubt the Lincoln Project, which is very much an anti-Trump group. I mean, and then they've obviously had a lot of issues themselves. Remember with some of the leaders there who had issues with some of their sexual past and a whole bunch of other stuff. But the Lincoln Project, the head of it, Stuart Stevens, I can't believe he actually said Liz Cheney, he almost thinks she should be on Mount Rushmore. Take a listen. Years from now, people are going to study Liz Cheney. She's an American hero. She did not forget what it means to be an American. And the Republican Party has really forgotten what it means to be an American political party. No one's going to remember Harriet Hagman. I mean, she's just going to be an absolute... um, Nobody in, in politics. And Liz Cheney uh, is somebody who I think mothers are going to look to their daughters and say, you could be this person. Um, she, she's really somebody that uh, we should be proud of as Americans. So is Liz Cheney, according to the Never Trumper group, the Lincoln Project, quote, an American hero? The people of Wyoming don't seem to think so. And in fact, again, as I brought up in the last election, because uh, she's a three-termer, in the last election, they actually picked her uh, 70%. I mean, that's a stunning number. That's an enormous win. And yet, that was also the state that voted big time for President Trump in the election. He had one of his biggest wins, I think, in America, in Wyoming, uh, in that state. And so, clearly... Residents of Wyoming did not like the fact that she threw President Trump under the bus, that she absolutely hates him, you can tell, and that she has been riding the January 6th committee. She's been spearheading it. I mean, you see her and Benny Thompson. She's been more blistering to Trump than almost anybody else. And they clearly sent a message to her last night that they no longer want her to represent the values of Wyoming. So what does this mean for Liz Cheney? What does it mean for her future? And what does this mean for President Trump's future, too? Because as you're looking at all of this and you're looking at the numbers, President Trump has done extremely well. And so far, uh, eight of the 10 members of Congress there in the House who voted for impeachment of President Trump 
so far, their political future has basically been cut off at the legs. So is this the message that this is the party of Trump and that you need to support him or at least not trash him? You look at some of the messages from some of these other candidates. I mean, I think about even like Brian Kemp in Georgia, you know, who did well in his primary. And Brian Kemp didn't trash President Trump. He certainly wasn't embracing him because they didn't see eye to eye in Georgia on the voting. But yet he kind of, you know, was nice. And he said, listen, I have a lot of the same America first values. Um, You know, yeah, the president hasn't necessarily endorsed me, but... Um, you know, I agree with a lot of his values. It was an interesting strategy. And you saw that in a number of other races, too, where maybe the candidate wasn't, per se, the one who was picked by President Trump and clearly maybe even had issues with him in the past, but didn't take on an all-out frontal assault like Liz Cheney did because she took out a front back beating last night. I mean, there's no other way to put it. What are your thoughts, everybody? one 800 848 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Mike. Uh, Mike on line five. Mike, your thoughts about this as you're listening to the Rita Cosby Show. Your thoughts. Hi, Rita. Um, I just wanted to say simply that I just felt that uh, Liz Cheney used the people uh, of of Wyoming for her own agenda. And uh, people saw that and wanted her out. Um, and, you know, just that uh, it's pretty sickening. She should be focusing on, you know, many other things. But this is uh, something that makes me sick. And um, I'm glad she was voted out. And her future might be that she might run as an independent or she might be working as a uh, TV commentator. Yeah, well, like on The View, lot. right? The View or CNN wow. or MSNBC, you could see that. You know, she's the darling of a lot of those places. You know, I feel like she just wanted to please her father so much that it cost her her political career. Yeah, and I, well, and I think, Mike, a lot of it stems from the issues with the father, don't you too? You know, you know, the irony of it all, Mike, and I was thinking of this today because I was, you know, in Washington covering a lot of the events during, you know, all the Iraq war and all that stuff. And I remember thinking, like, how much the Democrats vilified her father back then. I mean, her father mm. was like the, you know, persona non grata back then by the Democrats. I mean, they called him a warmonger. They, they like, when he left office, I mean, he was like the most hated man in America, courtesy of the attacks by Hillary Clinton and so many people in the Democratic Party. And yet today, those are the ones who are welcoming her with open arms. I mean, what do you make of that, Mike? Um, I think you said it. I, I find it to be uh, the irony of it. I mean, uh, and I think she's, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's an old saying, principles before personalities. And her personality with Donald Trump got in the way of the principles that she was supposed to be responsible for, and that is, uh, the people of Wyoming, as well as, uh, you know, um, just this January 6th stuff is such a um, it just doesn't uh, fly with the American people, or at least with me. Well, and, and by the way, some of the polls, Mike, too, show that people are actually less 
uh, less angry, I guess, at Trump or, or less pointing the finger at Trump in some of the new polls that just came out uh, in regards to January 6th. So after all these hearings that she's led and after all this with her, you know, primary and now a big primary loss, um, the American public hasn't been convinced at what they've presented. So so that's a, that's yeah. another huge issue. And you sound like you're you're in that pack, right? Yes. And Rita, thank you for taking my call. Uh, You do a great job. Love listening to the show as well as the people on it. And that's really I just wanted to get that off my chest tonight. So thank you. Well, I am so glad you called in, Mike. You're terrific. Thanks. And I hope you call back again soon. Thanks. God bless you. Thank you so, so much. Um, let's go to Frank in Maine, line seven. Frank, your thoughts. You're here on the Rita Cosby show. Frank, are you there? Uh, and, yeah, uh, are you hear me, Rita? Yep, I hear you, you great. Hear I hear you great now, oh, Frank. Oh, Thank okay, you. Okay, all right. <laughs> Rita, always a pleasure. And um, every time I talk to you, I, I just feel good. You know, Rita, this woman, this <laughs> Jane, who lost by over 70% of the vote, or just about 70% of the vote, has the audacity to compare herself to Lincoln, like you said, and Grant, I believe. I, I believe she, she mentioned Grant somewhere. Around. She did. She did in the uh, same, like, minute she did. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, you know, uh, let's just talk about that for a second. Lincoln was poor. He had nothing. He was, his, he was absolutely a nobody. Um, and he went up from his bootstrap to become president of the United States. Um, this woman has everything. She had uh, a father that was famous, rich, and very um, uh, stingy. I don't know. Um, and she got everything. She had everything. Money. Some. I, I was listening to Tucker Carlson. She got $33 million in the bank or $66 million in the bank now is something to that effect. Um, Lincoln never had that much money. Lincoln was... Uh, a literal nobody before he became president. And the sad part about this is that Lincoln had a saying, you can fool some of the people some of the time and all of the people some of the time, but not all the people all of the time. And that's what this woman tried to do with the people of Wyoming. And they seen right through her crap. Um, and I'm so glad. And I hope she does run for president. I want to see her get clobbered like AOC. Wow. And Frank, can you, by the way, can you imagine, Frank, if it turns out to be uh, you know, Liz Cheney versus President Trump. Now, my question, I guess my question is, Mike, who just called in, uh, who was great, um, was just saying that he thinks she would run as an independent. The question is, what party would she run under, Frank? I mean, she's, I don't see her getting any blessing from the Republican Party. I mean, I don't see her being a competitive in a Republican primary. Can you? Absolutely not. I, I believe she's a woman without a party. She has... She she does, um, if I remember correctly, she voted for some of President Trump's stuff, but she was she's she's anti-abortion and she's you know she's she's against she's against a lot of things. But at the end of the day, she's a woman without a party, and what's going to happen is she's going to run into either libertarian. No, I doubt it. Constitutionalist? No, I doubt it. Um, no, she's just going to be a reformist. And she's going to try to go under this, this plateau of being an I, and she's going to lose. She's going to lose frantically, badly, and then she's going to, you know, she's just going to go into obscurity. 
as a nobody. And for these people, one more thing, Rita, really quick. For these people that are calling her a hero, they better start looking up that word. Um, hero, police, firemen, military, nurses, doctors. She's no hero. Um, Liz, I mean, um, Rita, I'm so sorry. Have a good night. <laughs> Frank, thank you very much. From beautiful, beautiful Maine, talking about Liz Cheney. So I appreciate it, Frank. Uh, Frank says she is no hero. What do you think? Because a number of Democrats today and sort of these never Trumper groups are saying she is, quote, an American hero. Uh, what do you think, guys? And, and I think it's really interesting as we've been talking, what party would she go if she decides to run for president? I mentioned it last night that I thought she might run for president. And guess what? Sure enough, today she didn't rule it out. 1-800-848-9222. And we'll continue your calls after the break. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And you are listening to the Rita Cosby Show as we are talking about Liz Cheney. Is she, as some of the Democrats and even some of these conservative never-Trumper groups, saying she's, quote, an American hero? She's comparing himself to Lincoln and said when she was asked, are you going to run for president? She didn't rule it out. And in fact, let me play. This is cut number seven. This is Liz Cheney today on NBC's Today Show, and they asked her the big question, and she certainly hinted that there's a lot more to come for Liz Cheney. Take a listen. Are you thinking about running for president? It, uh, that's a decision that I'm going to make in the in the coming months of it. I'm not going to make any announcements here this morning, but uh, but it is something that I uh, I'm thinking about, and I'll make a decision uh, in the coming months. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Most of the time, even if they are running, they kind of go, oh, no, 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 I'm not even thinking of that right now. Um, you know, that's I'm focused on this. She just said, that's a decision I'm going to make in the coming months. So she certainly left the door open. And if I was a betting person, and by the way, I am pretty good at blackjack, I would normally say, I'd say she's running. I said that last night because the way she did her concession speech I always listen to what politicians say, and they're like like a chef. They're kind of carving the words. And her verbiage last night was, this is just the beginning. So she certainly didn't sound like her political career is over. And she's got this image that she's Lincoln. She keeps comparing herself to Grant, to Lincoln. 
uh, you know, I'm ready for her to say she's Custard's last stand, you know? I mean, this, she's thinking that this is her place in history. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let's go to Phil on line three. Phil, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. Good evening. Uh, you know, this is much to do about nothing. The woman is absolutely delusional. She's under the impression that she's going to win the presidency, and she's, she's got this delusion, mental delusion, that she's Abraham Lincoln somehow or reincarnation or whatever. The, the point is here that she is she is deceiving people purposely to get their hopes up and say, gee, you know, she's so enthusiastic. Let me vote for her. But the biggest problem here with the state of Wyoming does not lie with Liz Cheney. It, it doesn't lie with, with Republican turncoat types like her. It lies with the voters. The voters originally gave her a 70 percent margin in previous elections because they, they really were not concerned about the facts. And they said, well, she talks a good talk. Now they realize she talks a good talk, but she doesn't walk. It depends on the mood of the voters. I mean, I mean, we look look at Joe Biden. Joe Biden assumed the presidency. He had more votes than than uh, Donald Trump. Meanwhile, he never campaigned, and he was in his basement for month after month after month, very silent. And he said very little about the state of the nation. But, so you, but it, you know, but you know what's interesting, Phil, is is that in her case, I think she she just dramatically changed. I was looking at her voting record, um, and she said uh, she voted ninety three percent. By the way in her first two terms for basically Trump policies. So she was like overwhelmingly consistent with Trump policies. And then yet clearly she took, you know, a 180 um, in the last, you know, uh, last few, you know, months, last year or so. Uh, Phil, thank you very, very much. Uh, Great to get your call. We're going to continue more after the break. It's the Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show presents... Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, where I love this because we get to honor our great law enforcement and their families. A great story coming from the Boston area where Patrick Mahoney, a groom, was scheduled to get married on Thompson Island. But the boat was supposed to ferry him to the island where his bride-to-be was waiting Get this, broke down. So upon learning of this, Officer Joe Matthews of the Boston Police Department transported the groom and his party to the island on a police boat. So Mahoney's marriage to Hannah Crawford could go on as scheduled. And again, it wasn't just the groom. It was the groom's men, the photographer, the DJ, and also floral arrangements. All of that was stuck on the mainland. Talk about panic time for the groom and for the bride who was waiting on the other side. But Officer Matthews made it all happen as he transported more than a dozen people to the island on his great boat. So Mahoney's marriage to Hannah Crawford could go on, and she did say, I do, by the way, and agreed, and he did too, thank goodness. Uh, they were there very quickly, he said, and he got my groomsmen and all of the vendors and everybody to the island, and he says that the officer truly saved the day. Officer Matthews, by the way, was only too happy to help. He said it was good to get a nice call for a change and to help people out. He said they seemed happy we were happy that we could do it, and it all worked out. So what I don't know 
is, was the officer invited to the wedding? Was he one of the witnesses to the wedding? I'm curious if they got to at least be invited to the wedding and have a little bit of wedding cake and maybe get to celebrate with the bride and groom. But what a great, great story. And it just shows that our great law enforcement officers get called on so many different assignments. And it's beautiful to see all the great, great work our men and women in blue do constantly every single day. Well, we are talking about the enormous loss and it was definitely a gut punch to Liz Cheney because she got clobbered in the primary last night. And if you look at the primary results again, in the last election, Liz Cheney easily won by 70%. That is like a clear victory. And she voted during most of her tenure, during her first two terms, 93% of the time with president Trump. She was a Trump policy Republican, Trump, Trump, Trump. And that clearly did well for her in Wyoming, which loves President Trump. And yet the minute she turned on him and started leading the January 6th committee, and again, of course, earlier than that, voted to impeach him. And remember, she really, really threw President Trump under the bus. And the minute that happened, the people of Wyoming said, we do not want Liz Cheney anymore. And I firmly believe that the primary that happened, you know, just recently this week was a resounding message to her that her nastiness to President Trump, and she was viscerally nasty to President Trump. I mean, she's been nastier to President Trump, I think, than almost any of the Democrats was, that the people of Wyoming did not like that. And they also felt rejected because they wanted her to represent their state to represent their interests. And a lot of people in Wyoming, even in some of the exit polls, are like, we don't see Liz Cheney anymore. All we do is see her on TV at the January 6th hearings. And we voted in somebody who was aligned with President Trump's policies, with America First policies. And she seems more concerned with being on TV and going up against President Trump and this sort of, quote, personal vendetta. And that's how the people of Wyoming saw it. So it's interesting is that this also seems like very much a part of a trend. There are at least eight of the ten uh, number of Republicans who were not in line with President Trump during the impeachment on the House side. So far, either they're not running again or they got voted out. They got the boot. So there's clearly a pattern here that this continues to be the party of President Trump and that he still reigns supreme over this party And his endorsement still carries tremendous weight. We've seen it time and time again, not just in Wyoming, but in all these other elections. And it clearly shows that you don't want to alienate the Trump voters because there are tens of millions of them out there. And alienating gives you the boot. So what are your thoughts, everybody, about this? Because Liz Cheney, by the way, she's still coming out swinging. And I think she is going to run for president. She clearly is dropping the hints left and right in the Today Show interview that she did soon after she lost the primary, after she got a whooping in the primary. Um, she basically said, you know, stay tuned. You know, I'm not ready to announce yet, but I maybe will in a few months. And she also was really quick to still take a swipe at President Trump. She's not learning any lessons here. She continues on her vendetta of President Trump. Take a listen. A party that has instead uh, embraced um, Donald Trump, embraced his cult of personality, is looking the other way as he continues to do things like 
put out the names of FBI agents uh, just in the last few days when he knows that the uh, our law enforcement is the target of violence, um, put out the lies that he has put out in the last few days about uh, what happened uh, in its search warrant execution at Mar-a-Lago. Um, every Republican, every American should reject those. And I certainly know there are millions of Republicans and Americans across this country who will. And she also further said that she will continue the battle against President Trump. She says she has only just begun. And in fact, there's a story in Politico that said that she is forming now a brand new organization whose basic goals is to go after President Trump. I mean, it's like when she wakes up and has what? Trump cereal? And then she drinks Trump milk in the Trump cereal and then has a Trump coffee and then has a what? An anti-Trump uh, Pop-Tart and then has an anti-Trump steak. I mean, it's like just like Trump, 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 Trump. If you thought Biden was Trump aholic, she is like a Trump addict. I mean, this is amazing. But this is what she had to say. Again, just a few hours after she lost big time in the primary in Wyoming. Well, look, I think, you know, as, as we've talked about before, I won my primary by 73 percentage points two years ago. Uh, the path to that same victory would have been very easy. It was clear uh, how that path would go. But that path would have required that uh, I accept, that I uh, embrace, uh, that I perpetuate the big lie. And uh, I've been very clear at every moment since January 6th uh, that there are some things that have got to be above politics, uh, that there's no political office uh, that's more important than the principles that we take an oath to defend. And I believe that Donald Trump continues to pose a very grave threat and risk to our republic. Uh, and I think that defeating him is going to require uh, a broad and united front of Republicans, Democrats, and independents. Uh, and that's uh, what I intend to be uh, to be part of. Well, she at least has one compadre who's going to go with her. And this is the guy who's also, remember, on the January 6th committee, Adam Kinzinger, who, by the way, has also kind of hinted that he might run for president. Can you imagine that? It'll be like, I hate Trump. I hate Trump. I hate Trump. No, I hate Trump more. Can you imagine the debate between the two of them if they both ran at the same time for, I don't know what party line, you know, would they run for independent? Would they run for Democrats? The Republicans don't want him. But here is Adam Kinzinger, and he seems to be, you know, I guess having the same sour lemons for breakfast as Liz Cheney. The party's in a bad place. Um, look, we are standing up against evil. Liz Cheney is standing up against evil. She has fought a valiant fight. Her fight is not over regardless of what happens on Tuesday. And uh, I think it says a lot about the party if she loses. I think it says a lot about the party that we're quick to say defund the FBI and support a guy like Donald Trump. Wow. Adam Kinzinger. He's going to be her vice president, maybe. Maybe that's the plan. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Andrew, line two. Andrew, your thoughts real quick. What do you think? You know who she reminds me of? Liz Cheney, um, Jesse Smollett, that he uh, just continued to lie even when he was sentenced to prison. You know, he he was like, I want to live. Like he would never admit that he was wrong. You know, he kept kept it up, kept up the charade, kept lying. So it's like they just won't give up. There's like, you know, psychopaths. They just can't give up. And what she said is so insulting to her 
constituency, her former constituency, Wyoming, she said if she said the big lie, that means she would have won. That means two-thirds of the voters almost believe what she calls the big lie. So what an insult to her people in Wyoming. And lastly, her father, as we know, made money off war, so she has blood on her hands. She never joined the military. So that's kind of despicable. And The View will hire her, but they'll drop her, you know, once she's not, once the topic changes from anti-Trump, then they'll have no use for her and, you know, they'll toss her out. Wow, Andrew. You know, you brought up a superb point, Andrew, um, about when she criticizes, you know, gosh, I could have basically sold my soul and then I would have won the primary is essentially what she's sort of saying. You know, um, you're right. It's like she's insulting the people of Wyoming. She's like that they're a bunch of, you know, soul sellers, you know, that they're not, that they're dumb or they're not, you know, that they're, you know, not legitimate people in terms of their values or whatever. You're right. It's like a big wide swath of her not just, you know, trying to placate herself, but you're right. She's taking a swipe at all the people of Wyoming, which is not very smart because this is the state she lives in the state she spent time in um, and the state that, you know, she's you know, her whole family is there, her father, too. So you're right. It's like she's kind of painting, uh, calling them basically a basket of deplorables, almost like Hillary Clinton did. That's a really that's a great point. Uh, Andrew, thank you very, very much. Let's go to Stan. Line five. Stan, your thoughts. Cattle in Wyoming have more brains. Than the people of Wyoming who are Republicans. Wait, 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 Stan. Wait, 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 Stan. Stan. First of all, I. First of all, there's probably some very nice cattle there (laughs) for starters. All right. Here's the point. Wait, wait. Here's the point. Uh, And by the way, by the way, Stan, Wyoming's a beautiful state. It is. It's a gorgeous gorgeous. state. It is. It is. You and I are in agreement on that, my friend. Yeah. Well, yeah. (laughs) Look, she lost. Okay, she's got a lot of guts to say what she said. I give her credit. I'm with her a thousand percent. Go after this rat, and that's what she's going to do. But the big story that you aren't going to talk about is Vice ex-Vice President Pence wants to testify if asked. If I'm Donald but, Dummy, By the way, hey, hey, are you like, are you, um, oh, you know, the amazing it. Kreskin? Because let me just tell you something, Stan. I actually was planning to talk about Pence <laughs> because, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, 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 you're the co-producer, Stan, so come on, all right? <laughs> uh, if I'm Donald Trump, I'd start sweating real good. That orange dye in his hair will drown him because Mr. Pence, Wants to testify in this. I think he's seen the light, and I think, he, of course, he was closer than anybody to the ex-president and was on the phone on January 6th, so he's got a lot to say. Although, hey, although, Trump, you know what, although. I worry if I were you. Well, well, here, before you give Trump the warning, Stan. It's, it's, he already it's, knows. <laughs> <laughs> it, here's, it's interesting. If you listen to Pence's phrasing, and I was watching it earlier today, um, and he was saying that if he's called, he would do so, but he also has to look at his duties as vice president. So he was kind of playing with verbiage like, I have to see if I should be testifying or if I shouldn't be testifying. But he kind of hinted that if called. And and by the way, I was actually surprised, Dan, um, when I heard that from him. One of the most thing interesting things to me was that they hadn't really called him yet or even had sort of like a 
private meeting or or something with him because to me i thought that was kind of interesting because given all the dynamics that happened on january 6th they seem to be you know they seem to be if you were you know uh the milkman and you were walking uh for by the block for one minute and dropping off a carton of milk you got called in and yet they hadn't called in pence yet even privately i thought that was interesting stan no, of course didn't his aides Testify yes, some of them did. Some of them yeah. did. Mark Schwartz right. and some he, of the others. Yes, right. he wants. I think now he sees the light with this guy, and I think if I'm Trump, I'd start sweating real good, pal, because if he comes up, you got some problems. And the vice president, the ex. Now, now let me just ask you, Sam. Do you believe privilege? You're talking you, executive privilege. Is that what you're saying? Well, yeah, maybe yes, yes, yes. He could he could actually say that because he is the vice president. There could be issues. Um, and the other thing that's fascinating, Stan, on the Pence issue, he also said in the same breath where he said that if I get called and I have to see if, uh, if my role of vice president, just like as we're talking, maybe there's some privilege issues. But then he also said. Um, that in regard to the raid, um, and I know you're not going to be happy to hear this one, Stan, um, in regard to the raid, I really think that the DOJ should give more information because it's only fair to the American public and fair to President Trump. So well, he's talking, he's, he's kind of putting a lot of things out. He's kind of putting his feelers out there. Like, you know, when you go to the, the, uh, the, the roulette table and you put your num, you put your money on a couple numbers at the same time. He's not sure where the wheel's going to land. So well, he's, he's, he's putting playing, it out there. He's playing, as you say, you like blackjack. He's paying four or five hands at the same time. Let's be honest. And that's what he's doing. But I think. Uh, he's in, I guess he's worried about executive privilege, what he can say. But what happened on January 6th, that is an executive privilege. That'll tell him exactly. He'll tell them exactly what they'll, they'll ask him, and they will ask him. I don't know if it'll be nighttime. I hope it's daytime live and not behind closed doors. But this will be very interesting. Donnie, start sweating, Trumpy. Oh, my God. Stan. <laughs> Stan, I, you know what? I, 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 you're just fun. You're great. You're great. I may not agree with you, but you are fun, my friend. Thanks. Hang so. in there, Rita. Thank you. We're there for the fight. And listen, I love the cattle in Wyoming, too. one 800 I don't necessarily think that President Trump is going to be sweating over Vice President Pence. And I also think that if Pence testifies, I think he's going to be so measured. That's just his style. And I think he is going to be very careful with certain restrictions and certain things that he feels. And, And the other thing, too. You listen to him. He's going to say, I already think what was portrayed in January 6th with all that stuff related to Pence and the people that were outside that were making the threats against Trump, uh, against Pence, those things, he will say, yeah, that they had concern. The Secret Service was whisking him. They were hiding him in another room. But still to this point, it doesn't still hit the issue of what they have to prove. They still got to prove, Stan, whether you like it or not, they got to prove that Trump had a direct connection to what these people were saying and doing. And and it doesn't change anything just because he's just going to repeat some of the other things we already saw. But you know what? But we'll still watch and we'll take the popcorn out just as a tribute to you, Stan. Uh, let's go to Tony. Tony, line seven. Tony, your thoughts. Go ahead. You heard Stan. What do you think? Stan should take the bagels out of his ears because, uh, you know, he should be ashamed of himself for talking like that. That's crazy. 
That's, that's, this is the reason why we're in the situation we're in for people like him who have no idea, just listen to one thing. Instead of praising this man for putting Israel on the map, this guy is talking crazy. He's like, I, I don't even know how this guy can call himself a, a, a human being, an American. This woman Cheney. You're you're zero. you're you're speaking and about you're speaking zero, about Stan. It's a zero. Yeah, I'm talking about Stan. Yeah, Stan, Stan was talking completely nuts. Well, yeah, Stan, I, and I, Stan, I, at I, least Stan the, the one thing I will say, Tony, Stan at least is pretty much consistent with being nuts. Do you know what I mean? I mean, at least he's 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 got a. That's a pretty good. You know, if you were in sports, you'd say he's got you know a great batting average because he's a consistent with his crazy ideas. Nutcase. Yeah, right, right, <laughs> but you right. know what? You entertain all. You, you entertain all. It gives you a good reason to have a drink at the end of the week. You know. <laughs> Incredible, incredible. But the fact of the matter is, Shaney, she's a she's a zero. Pence is a zero, and, and this woman com- even admitted the fact. She was, if I would have done the other thing when she rode Trump's tails, she she soared like an eagle, and now she's talking about, oh, that's why I didn't. She's a zero. Her father was a zero. She's a zero, and Pence is a zero. What was Pence before Trump came along? A zero. Well, and 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 on on the flip side, he was a very loyal VP. I will say that he was a very loyal VP um, to President Trump. But you're right. He was elevated tremendously by Trump. There is no doubt about that. Tony, thank you. Great to talk with you. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. One eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. We're talking Trump, Liz Cheney and you heard Stan's view. Uh, you heard Tony's view. Night and day. What do you think? 1-800-848-9222. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And you are listening to the Rita Cosby Show as we are talking about Liz Cheney who says you can't rule out that she's going to run for president, which means, uh, again, if I'm a betting person, and I do like once in a while a bet, not big money, but at least an honest wager, maybe a quarter or a dollar, a few dollars. I bet more than that. I'll tell you some today about some of my big uh, gambling winnings. I've had some fun locks at a couple different different fun places. But um, the way she's talking... I'd say 99.999%. She's going to run for president. The question is what party? Who would she run against? Um, when is she going to announce? Is she going to try to come out and like say that she's the first person running for president, try to usurp Trump and Biden, even though Biden, who knows if he's going to run again? I mean, my goodness, he says he is. Biden sounding like he wants to compete to be the first person in. He's even telling people there are reports in the last few days. That at the White House, Biden is telling people that he wants to hurry up and announce maybe before the midterms. So can you imagine? I mean, this is unbelievable. They usually always, always wait typically till the midterms, see how it goes. And then usually almost immediately, like the next day, you might even hear somebody say, hey, I'm running for president. But now it's like, okay, could it be Trump who says something first or Biden who says something first? And now maybe Liz Cheney. It's like the battle for uh, saying they're the first ones to announce. Who will it be? And are all three viable candidates? I don't think Biden can handle another term. I honestly don't. I don't think the American public can handle another Biden term. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Michael in West Virginia, beautiful West Virginia. Go ahead, Michael. Yeah, uh, 
don't think Dick Cheney's going to let Liz run because that's a lot of money to run for the presidency of the United States. And I don't, I, I just don't believe Dick is going to let her waste all that money. That's and, uh, an interesting, although, you know, Michael, I just saw today, and this is stunning, that she is leaving office with $30 million, she's $30 million richer. They make $174,000 a year. So there's still a lot of questions. So, and, and maybe there's going to be some of these like Lincoln Project people who'll donate. Uh, do you think she'll run? Yes or no? Uh, do you think the money's going to drive it or something else? Real quick, Mike. No, I, I, I don't see her. I don't, I don't see her dad letting her do that. Very interesting. We're going to continue more after the break. It's the Rita Cosby Show. Breaking news. And tonight here on the Rita Cosby Show, an interesting report and I think not unexpected, but boy, it's coming quick. The New York Times is now reporting that the January 6th grand jury has subpoenaed the White House documents tied to President Trump. So in other words, they want to get access to those documents that were seized in the FBI raid. And lo and behold, this is what I thought this raid was all about and what I know many of you thought this raid was all about. Not necessarily were they documents that had to do with national security or the National Archives Act, but were they documents that somehow could tie President Trump or somebody else to January 6th? And they go in with a very broad, very sweeping warrant going in and grab everything they can, including three of President Trump's passports, which we talked about here on the show. They've since returned them. Uh, what else did they grab when they were in there? And now we are finding out again, according to the New York Times, that the January 6th grand jury has subpoenaed the Trump White House documents. And by the way, this comes at the same time some other news coming fast and furious uh, that the president's team is considering releasing the surveillance video from Mar-a-Lago. Now, remember when the FBI you know, agents, uh, 30 of them came in the wee hours there at Mar-a-Lago at President Trump's home. They apparently told the staff there at Mar-a-Lago, turn off your surveillance footage. You have surveillance camera everywhere in Mar-a-Lago, of course. Would you please turn that off? We want you to turn it off. And according to the attorneys for President Trump, they said, no, we're not going to turn it off. We're going to keep rolling because they were like, what the heck are these people doing here? And they weren't letting the attorney in to supervise any of the FBI agents to do the raid, which, by the way, is very typical that you have an attorney in there. We've since heard from so many people who were associated with the FBI, former agents, former senior advisors there at the FBI who have said they've almost never heard where an attorney was kicked out of observing a search. You could say that the target, i.e. President Trump, maybe wasn't allowed or somebody like that, technically. Uh, but they could say, why not have an attorney in there? Because often they say the attorneys can actually help and say, hey, here's where some of these documents are. Here's what you're looking for. Uh, I'll help you. There's nothing to hide. Um, that often the attorney is actually extremely helpful. But in this case, 
we know for an unusual reason, and we can all surmise what that might be, uh, the FBI would not allow the attorney or attorneys or anyone else to really observe their search. And meantime, the surveillance footage and the camera kept on rolling. And there is a connection between Mar-a-Lago, apparently, and New York. One of the Trump attorneys was saying that they were able to watch it in New York, what was going on in the raid in Florida. So I'm sure probably President Trump and others were sitting there in New York through a feed watching what was going on, at least what they could see on the surveillance footage. And now the Trump team is considering releasing that footage. That would be interesting because what might we see on that footage? And what do you think the grand jury is looking for tied to January 6th and the documents that apparently, according to the New York Times, they have now asked uh, a grand jury to get those documents that were seized in the raid uh, and that they believe it could help somehow in their case on January 6th. This is, to me, what they always wanted anyway. They always wanted to get information tied to January 6th to sit there and say, oh, it was over the National Archives. You've got to be kidding me. They just wanted this broad sweeping warrant so they could go in, grab anything, go on a fishing expedition and get whatever they could. So to me, this is really interesting because maybe they misrepresented in the affidavit the justification for the warrant. Remember, they say, oh, it's so, something urgent. They got to hurry up and go in. Well, if it was tied to January 6th or something like that, how is that, you know, how is that urgent? Didn't January 6th happen quite some time ago? Is there anybody there who's saying that something tied that might relate to what Trump was doing on that day or not doing on that day or who he's communicating with? Is that a reason that you got to go in and not do a subpoena, but you got to go in with a raid? I mean, if anything, this hurts their case that there was something so critical that they had to go in. So what are your thoughts, everybody, tonight? There are so many questions because tomorrow there will be a really, really important hearing that's going to take place in Palm Beach, Florida. And a judge is going to decide whether or not to unseal the affidavit that's tied to that search warrant. So what did they say in that search warrant, in the affidavit leading to it? We only saw part of the search warrant. Will we get more of it? Will we also find out any details in the affidavit? I contend we should get at least a redacted one. I think there's something that needs to be in there, that absolutely needs to be in there, for the American public to have faith, even if it's heavily redacted, it could have a lot of like blacked out parts, you know, with names and places so you don't hurt sources and methods or whatever else. But come on, don't you think it is time that we get something? And here is interesting, too, in the height of all this, guys, too. Newsweek is reporting that Trump was apparently hoarding lots of documents. Again, this is according to Newsweek. They were hoarding lots of documents including documents that he thought would exonerate him on the 2016 Russia collusion hoax, so that he had documents that would exonerate him from, remember, what was dragging him and the country through a year, year and a half, and millions of dollars turned out to be not justified based on a false FISA warrant, hint, hint. Um, So much detail here. But could that have been also within the documents? And by the way, why are the New York Times getting leaks? Liberal publication. Newsweek's getting leaks. And then yet tomorrow in a court in Florida, the Department of Justice, I am sure, is going to argue that they shouldn't put out information because they don't want to have any leaks or anything that would hurt their investigation. 
So if I were the Trump team tomorrow, I would go right in there and I would say, you know what? How can they say that they can't have any leaks, that they don't want to have any leaks in the case when they're leaking like a sieve? They're clearly leaking. Somebody is clearly leaking to the New York Times, clearly leaking to Newsweek, clearly leaking to a whole bunch of places. And how can you justify it's okay when they secretly leak to the media, including many liberal publications, and yet they won't share anything with the president, the former president of the United States, and with others in the American public? I would grill them and say, you can't have double standards, guys. And I would push that judge to at least redact and release something tomorrow. What are your thoughts, everybody? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And this is what General Michael Flynn, of course, President Trump's former national security advisor, had to say because he says it is important that the American public have faith in the systems And he says that's why the affidavit should be released at that hearing tomorrow. I I firmly believe for the good of the country, for the health of the country, not not because of leaking or investigations. We are in a very, very we're in a perilous position right now as a nation. This is not serious or grave. This is we are a nation in peril. And if they do not uh, release the affidavit, uh, and I mean, they can do whatever redacting they need to, to, to protect the innocent. I got all that. But if they do not release that affidavit, then, it, then the people of America, the citizens of this country, will continue to not trust the, the entire rule of law institution in our country. That's a really powerful point. And Molly Hemingway, conservative commentator on Fox, said, you know what? It's on these institutions to basically show that Trump is guilty. It's not for him. It's not the burden on him to prove he's innocent. Uh, that's the American way. Take a listen. As for what's going on with this Mar-a-Lago raid and the Justice Department working so hard to keep secret uh, the underlying affidavit, you, know, you hear a lot of people in D.C. say, well, shouldn't we wait and hear what the FBI has to say? Mm-hmm. The era of that is over also. We went through six years of them spending months, if not years, dripping out leaks and claiming that they had the goods on Trump regarding Russia. At the end of the day, they had nothing other than their own lies about affidavits, their own you know, derogatory leaks, corrupt officials in their department. Department. They don't have any re- There's no reason to even wait a moment. All the burden of proof is on them. They've been doing nothing but politicized attacks. And the Republican Party is really just, you know, coalescing around President Trump so much that even Vice President Pence, who Stan in the last hour talked about, even Vice President Pence, the former vice president, who obviously has not been as close to the president since January 6th. They've clearly had some divisions. But today, the vice president came out and said, you know what, it's time that we get more information about this raid. He questioned the integrity of the raid and the fact that the DOJ has been unbelievably quiet publicly. Take a listen to what Vice President Pence had to say just a few hours ago. We need to get to the bottom of what happened. We need to let the facts play out. But more than anything else, the American people need to be reassured in the integrity of our justice system and the very appearance of a recurrence of politics playing a role in decisions at the Justice Department demands 
transparency as never before. And I will continue to call on the Attorney General and the Justice Department to make that information available to the American people and do so now. Wow. That is Vice President Pence, again, who is not necessarily a big Trump fan, as we know. But yet he is saying they need to be transparent. What do you think? And I think, first of all, I think the Trump team can make a super compelling case tomorrow to say, you're leaking like crazy to all these media organizations, and yet you say, oh, we don't want to ruin the integrity. We want to keep everything that has to do with the investigation private. You can't have it both ways. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Marianne on line four. Marianne, your thoughts about all this. Hi, Rita. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, listen, I am very excited. I have people in different parts of the world, and they called me and told me that the whole world is pending of what's going on here, and the government is looking real bad because we are supposed to be the democracy of the world. And what we are seeing is this is worse than Russia and any other country because of the Democrat Party is sold out our democracy. And now the people of the world, I'm talking about the poor people, are looking for Donald Trump. Well, no, Marianne, where are you from, by the way, originally? Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. Okay. So, no, it's just, it's always interesting to hear everybody's perspective and, and where you came from. By the way, I'm a first-generation American, and and to me, um, I just think of the different values. What about, by the way, as we're talking, because so much of the Latino and Hispanic vote uh, seem to be now going more towards President Trump than and the GOP than they were even before. Uh, is that the sense that you get? Well, we come to the United States for the American dream, and with Biden, it's destroyed. We don't care about the Democrat Party anymore. We want democracy. And by the way, we are not agreeing with those borders open because that is what is bringing people from all over the world that hate the United States, and they're helping the United States government the Democrat government, to destroy the country. And we are not rooting for that. We are against that. Well, did you feel that President Trump was a lot better on border security than clearly what you're seeing now? Well, it's the only hope that we have to regain America again. He is the only one. That's the way that we are looking at things now. And we believe that he's the only hope that we got. Well, thank you very much, Marianne, because people are still so passionate about President Trump, as you are. Um, and I still think, just as you say, that he's got an enormous base. And anybody who counts out President Trump, uh, I think, does it at their own peril. Um, because if you look at all the numbers, they are trying every which way uh, to go after this guy and to continue any different direction they can. Marianne, thank you very much. Great call. Wonderful to hear from you. Thank you very much. And everybody, what do you think? The fact that now we are getting word that from the New York Times, the January 6th grand jury has subpoenaed the Trump White House documents. So 
Is this what that raid really was all about all along, was to get any details they could about January 6th? And now that they are in the federal government's hands, they are going through it, trying to decide what's there, what isn't there. First off, we know they took some stuff they shouldn't have, like the passports. We know they went through Melania's closet. It's like, what else is in there? And clearly the January 6th committee is like, oh, maybe there's something there for us. Could this be exactly why they went in with this over National Archives premise, which was maybe just a whole big ruse and just one big fishing expedition, really, for January 6th? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And I'll continue with your calls after the break. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And, of course, tomorrow, a historic hearing taking place before the judge, by the way, who signed off on the search warrant. And this is a guy, again, who has already voiced animus to President Trump. I contend he shouldn't even be in this case. It is stunning because he recused himself on an earlier case. He should recuse himself on this case, too. How could he be still the judge who is overseeing this case? It doesn't make any sense. And tomorrow he's the guy who's going to decide whether or not the affidavit, which was used as the justification for this urgent search raid, search warrant of Mar-a-Lago, if any of it should be made public. And I think a lot of it should be made public. Uh, Andy McCarthy, who is uh, one of the folks who's been in the prosecutor's office, U.S. attorney's office, says he doesn't think that it will come out tomorrow. This is what he says. It's not like if the judge denies this tomorrow, that's the end of the matter. And I don't think in the middle of an investigation, uh, a judge is going to release a warrant, which would identify not only what their grounds were for seeking the warrant, but would probably tell at least the at least the Trump people enough so that they would know who the informants were. That's not the kind of thing they'd ordinarily do during an investigation. But nothing's ordinary about this case, guys. I mean, you could say, yeah, it's not what they normally do. They don't normally do it. But do you normally go in and raid the former president of the United States home? I actually think they need to give some of it out in a redacted form, something because not only does Trump deserve it, the American public deserve it. And these people, again, seem to be leaking like a sieve with the new information we're getting tonight that the New York Times is saying that the January 6th grand jury has subpoenaed the Trump documents, the White House documents. So wasn't this all just about January 6th? And that is that maybe why Liz Cheney seemed so happy yesterday, even though she lost? Because maybe she thinks, oh, gosh, I got a gold mine coming to me after that FBI raid that's going to help her with the January 6th committee. Is that what this is all about? What do you think, everybody? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Meantime, General Mike Flynn has an ominous warning of where he thinks this is all going to go. Take a listen to what he said. I firmly believe that they are moving in a direction where they're going to indict a, uh, you know, the, a former president and someone who could be potentially the next president of the United States. I mean, I, I just don't see it moving in any other direction right now because uh, of all the, the, the noise. 
Wow, that is a stunning proclamation, again, from General Mike Flynn, who says that he believes an indictment is coming soon. What do you think, everybody? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Uh, let's go to Sherry. Line two. Sherry, your thoughts about all this. Hi, Rita. First of all, if anybody doesn't think that this wasn't just another fishing expedition, there's something wrong with them. They should release the affidavit, even if it has to be redacted in, in some aspects, because everybody thought that Trump was going to go against them releasing the search warrant, and he was all for it, and he called their bluff. And the federal, they had no, they had no right to tell him to show up the video. And most law enforcement in this country now wears body cameras. Do they not have to wear body cameras themselves? Right. No, you're right. I don't know about the FBI, though, because the F, it's FBI. It's a little different. You know, not it's not like the typical police department. And, you know, they may not have in this case. Uh, actually, that's a great question. We do know, obviously, that Mar-a-Lago had their own set of uh, video footage. Do you think that should be released, the Mar-a-Lago? That would be by the Trump team. Well, it's, it's, it's his property. He can do with it whatever he wants. Yeah. Wouldn't that be interesting to see where they were going, what they were doing? Um, what they were looking for, um, and why they were going to Melania's closet. There's still a lot of questions. Um, it'll be interesting tomorrow to see what happens. Everybody, when we come back, we're going to continue with your calls. You heard what Sherry thinks. She thinks they should release the affidavit. Um, I agree. I think even though they normally don't, this is an historic moment. Release the affidavit tomorrow. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. It's the Rita Cosby Show. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, which we love every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, honoring our great men and women in the military. A beautiful story coming from beautiful Danbury, Connecticut where veteran David Vieira's dream of building a memorial for Afghanistan and Iraq War veterans is getting a bit closer to reality. The veterans have begun raising money for the monument, which would be constructed at the war memorial site in Danbury. They even enlisted a brewery to use its beer-making skills to contribute to the effort. It's very creative. Uh, one of the organizers said that they wanted to create an honorable representation of the sacrifices that so many of our great military made over the 20 years of war. And he said it's turned out to be even better than they ever, ever imagined. Uh, the committee started galvanizing in May to pursue the effort, and the biggest obstacle started being fundraising, but now the money has come in. And this would be Connecticut's first memorial honoring these veterans. So that is a very beautiful thing. Also, they enlisted the help of Stone Creek brewery in Brantford, Connecticut. And I love this idea. They created a brand new beer with a portion of the sales going toward the effort to build the monument. Anyway, beautiful to see that our brave men and women who fought in those wars in Afghanistan and in Iraq 
are being recognized in the beautiful state of Connecticut. And we'll keep you posted as that monument goes up. By the way, also later on in the show, in just a few minutes, we're going to talk about the CDC, because now the CDC is admitting, guess what? Maybe our messaging wasn't so great after all. You think? Maybe it was confusing. Maybe we weren't clear. Uh, when did they finally get the memo? Wear a mask. Don't wear a mask. Social distance. Don't social distance. It has been all over the place, and I'm happy that at least finally the CDC is conceding that maybe they could have done a lot better job. Although Fauci's still staying on and Rochelle Walensky are still staying on, uh, but they are conceding that they need to fix the messaging. Maybe they need to fix the information, too. And we're going to talk a little bit about that, too, later on here in the Rita Cosby Show. Meantime, we are talking about this big, stunning news that the New York Times is reporting tonight that the January 6th committee, the grand jury tied to it, which has been issuing the subpoenas about everything else, has issued a subpoena for Trump's White House documents. And you would assume these are the ones seized by the FBI. So maybe this proves that the whole thing with the raid was just to get something for the January 6th committee, which is even more reason that we should see the affidavit, that this judge better release part of the affidavit. Because what have they said in the affidavit? Oh, it's all about these National Archives document, nothing about January 6th. What if they lied in the affidavit? What if they presented something else? Or what about if they made it so broad, you know, and then the judges signed off on it? And clearly they enacted a broad sweep because they took everything, including some of Melania's clothes and Donald Trump's passport. I mean, to me, this is just so over the top, you guys. And this is so transparent that this is what this was all about all along, was to get documents for January 6th and just kind of claim that they may have stumbled on it when they went in with the raid of Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago compound. And Donald Trump's team is saying that they are considering right now releasing the footage from Mar-a-Lago of the search by the FBI. I say he should release it. And I also say that the judge tomorrow, this judge, who again should have recused himself, he has like, I think, so many different conflicts of interest, and he's already shown that he doesn't like President Trump. They should just be separating it and giving it to like a special master or like an independent counsel, somebody to give some integrity to this process. This judge is not the one who should be deciding the case and he should be releasing it because guess what? That Department of Justice or somebody at FBI, somebody's leaking left and right to different media outlets. But yet the president of the United States doesn't deserve to see an affidavit that may lead to an indictment of him. I mean, this to me is outrageous. Well, Andy McCarthy, former prosecutor, said this today on Fox, that he is not confident that tomorrow they may release the affidavit, but he says he doesn't rule out it coming out in the future. Even though it's highly unusual, he thinks that at one point the DOJ will be forced because when you go after the president of the United States, you better Go after and better show more details than you normally do in a case. To me, this is outrageous. And Annie McCarthy says at some point he does believe it'll be public, but he doesn't think tomorrow. Take a listen. There's no way that affidavit's going to be released at this point. Now, people should understand this is not like a now or never thing. What typically happens here is that an affidavit remains under seal 
until the investigation is concluded. And at that point, since you're talking about a search warrant, that's a case in which they've gone to a court and said they had probable cause of a crime. Most of those investigations, that doesn't mean it'll happen this time, but most of those investigations end in criminal charges. And what then happens is the affidavit is turned over to the defense in discovery. But they should release it now. You are talking about the president of the United States, the former president, and you're, we're just supposed to trust you that you didn't put anything out. Trust us. Trust the affidavit. And then they said it's a rush to go in and get in. And then we now find out that they waited weeks. They were deliberating for weeks as to whether or not to even issue a search warrant. Which one is it? That it's eminent and you got to go in for national security reasons. But now we're finding out that they're looking for January 6th documents. What are they going to, they're going to probably hand over any sort of document that they want. They just tried to find a reason to go in and get documents. And now any sort of document of any investigation of President Trump, what they're going to like respond to every single subpoena here, have this Tish James here, have this over here, have this over here, have this over here. It's going to be like a free for all. And they went in under the false premise that they were there for National Archives documents, even though no president in the history of America has ever had a raid, especially anything tied to NARAL. Are you kidding me? There was never a sense of anything like that. That is outrageous. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to George on line five. Go ahead, George, your thoughts. My thought is they should they should be done with this whole thing already. I'm so sick of this. For six years now, they've been trying to get this guy. For what, I don't know. He's done great things for the country. And they could have gotten anybody in six years. If there was any dirt on him, they would have found it by now. They have professional opposition researchers that do things like this. They go after you. And look what they did to Kavanaugh with the Spartacus moment and the fake witness that said sexual allegations were made. They broke this guy down to tears. These Democrats are vicious. Yeah, they they're trying. Stop. They are trying for anything, George. And, George, did you hear also um, I said a little bit ago, I'm curious to get your take on this because um, you hit about how long they've been after President Trump. Since the day he came down that escalator, you know, it's like, uh, um, but Newsweek is reporting, uh, just a few hours ago that apparently Trump may have had documents in there that he thought would help exonerate him on the 2016 Russia hoax. So if indeed that's the case, why would they take those documents? What, they don't want to have anything that would help Trump even in his own possession? I mean, that's stunning. Did a whole thing about that today on his show, and he explained it really well. And it's very complicated, but in the end, it is true that Trump could come out and say everything is declassified. Absolutely, absolutely. And John and that, and John Solomon has said that, right, right. And that's why, by the way, George, that's why they are desperately right now talking to other people in his team. They've been talking to uh, Pat Cipollone. Some of these are the White House counsel folks, not his private attorneys, but some of the White House counsel, uh, White House attorneys to find out, was there a policy that you know of? What was the policy when you were at the White House? They're trying to get them to say, oh, well, I didn't know that. But John Solomon has brought up something interesting um, where he says that, there's there's a protocol and based on some of the orders that even were set forth by George W. Bush and Obama, that any president can at any point while they're president, you can't do it now, but while they're president, make everything 
declassified and he could just do it independently on his own and say, you know what? Once I touch something, if I touch something and if I bring it to my residence anywhere outside the Oval Office, it's declassified. And that was sort of a standing policy that Trump had. So isn't that fascinating, George? So you're right. At the end of the day, and even, uh, you know, Jonathan Turley, who's not always a fan of Trump, has said, you know, uncharted waters, that if this is indeed Trump comes forward and says, I declassified, other people saw me do something similar like this in the past, uh, this is what I did. You're right. It may all be moot, right? Yes. And they keep talking about the Espionage Act. And the thing about that is you talk about chain of custody, and it says right in the beginning of the Espionage Act that the people who originated and created the documents are responsible for the chain of custody of those documents. And if they want them back, it's up to them to get them back. So who's really responsible? It's not the president. He was given those documents. It's actually Department of Justice, or the CIA, or the FBI. So right. they're the ones that are really responsible for those documents. No, really interesting. To the president. Yeah, very interesting. So that's You're right. point that Mark Levin brought up. And that's these are the weeds that people don't want to get into. No, but it's important. And by the way, I mean, all of this is critical, especially when you're mounting a legal case against the president of the United States. Uh, you know, you can't go on a fishing expedition. And now it seems like they're going after, you know, salmon, mackerel, shrimp and everything at the same time. Uh, George, thank you very, very much. Let's go to Nancy, line seven. Nancy, your thoughts. Yes, Rita. Good night. Um, I want to say that this is all a diversion. Nancy going to Taiwan and everything, and everybody forgot about a year ago that we 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 lost people in Af- Afghanistan. And it's also the fact that they don't want uh, President Trump to to run again in 2024. Well, you know what, Nancy, and we can never forget, obviously, of the sacrifice of everybody that had died uh, fighting for freedom. Um, in Afghanistan. But you're right. They don't even want to talk about the fact that it's a one year anniversary. Like they just want to act like nothing happened. And even though they went after Ayman al-Zawari, the al-Qaeda leader, they barely made a blip out of that. You normally you'd see like Biden bragging about that left and right. He like brought it up and then he moved on because he realized, uh oh, that's going to also draw attention to the disastrous withdrawal. Great points, Nancy. Let's go to Michael. Line six. Michael, your thoughts. Yes, indeed. Uh, I had heard several days ago from somebody that, you know, knows what he's talking about, a reference to Mar-a-Lago. Sure, real that, quick, Mike, go ahead. Okay. Oh, you, you don't rush Stanley. Um, in any event, that Trump had everything under surveillance in Mar-a-Lago. So when he decides to release his surveillance tapes, I think there's going to be a lot of eggs flowing on a lot of bases. You know, that that's an gr- interesting point, Mike, because I think he should release the footage. Let's see what they were doing. Were they doing, uh, first of all, they weren't allowing the Trump attorneys in there. That's a whole other thing, too, remember? Normally, you let Trump attorneys in there. You let the attorneys supervise. You let them see it. Not in this case. They didn't even allow the attorneys in, and that's extraordinary. So I say I agree with you. Let them see it. I think they should release it. They should demand also that the affidavit be released. They're leaking like a sieve, and I'm talking about the DOJ or FBI or somebody tied to this case. They are constantly leaking right now to the press, left and right, elements of the affidavit. And I think 
that they should, if I'm the Trump team, I say, how dare you keep it under seal when you're privately leaking like a sieve? You can't have it both ways. This is undermining the rights of someone who has been targeted by the FBI with an unprecedented raid, former president of the United States. I, I would demand it tomorrow and I would show, I'd have a list of leaks to the media and say, here's the 20 leaks you've done. You know what? Uh, time to release it. You lost any protection that you have right now. Even if it's redacted, you need to give something. I think it is imperative. Uh, let's go to Roberta, uh, line two in Staten Island. Go ahead, Roberta, real quick. Uh, hi, Reader. Uh, during this raid, one of Trump's attorneys said that these FBI agents were coming in with knapsacks, and she thought they were planting evidence. So if that, if that, if that shows on the tapes, boy, that's going to be the end of this, uh, this rage. Wow. A good business to the Democrats, boy. By the I way, can happened. you imagine? And, of course, we don't know if that happened. I would hope that they wouldn't do that. Um, you know, and, and boy, but if there was any evidence of something like that or something untoward that's seen on video, boy. Wow, wow, wow. Let's see it. Uh, let's go to Dave in Pennsylvania. Dave, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. Thanks for taking the call. Uh, my thoughts are is that uh, I think the Democrat Party or machine is emboldened and must feel bulletproof. I mean, they've done several other things that were way over the top, including the Pfizer warrant procurement with opposition research. The second, you know, impeachment, uh, trying to impeach President Trump when he was a citizen. How ridiculous. The, you know, the phony January 6th uh, commission. So I think they'll do whatever they darn well please when you have media, 80% of the media, the FBI, the DOJ, as your partners colluding with you, what do you got to worry about? I won't be surprised they issue a warrant for his arrest and put him behind President Trump behind the bars. By the way, Dave, I I wouldn't be surprised that they do do something like that. I mean, even, even, you know, Michael Flynn, General Mike Flynn believes that, you know, that they will indict President Trump. They're trying to find anything they can. And that's why they just swooped everything up. It was like kids in a candy store. Let's swoop it up and hope there's something in there. You know, I mean, but that's not the way justice is supposed to work for any American, let alone somebody who is the former president of the United States and by an administration that clearly is a political opponent. I mean, that's what gets, you know, that's what's all of this. I mean, there's so many layers to this. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. And also I'll give you an update on the CDC Finally admitting they made some mistakes. 1-800-848-9222. And lo and behold, the CDC is also having troubles, not just the FBI and DOJ, uh, but the COC, CDC, the Centers for Disease Control, admitting that maybe they didn't do a very good job in terms of transmitting the message that maybe they were all over the place when we were dealing with the pandemic, you think, when they were like, uh, mask, no mask, social distance, no social distance. I mean, Fauci alone, I called him flip-flop Fauci because he was, we talked about a fishing expedition, he was flipping and flopping. I mean, he was like all over the place, that guy. And now the CDC saying, we're going to fix our communications department because maybe we need to correct the messaging. Now they figure that out. Now, after students and so many businesses, people's lives have been like turned upside down. Thanks a lot. Now you figured it out. 
Well, this is what Howard Kurtz of Fox News has to say about this development. That boy, it's coming, what, two years too late? He didn't reliably meet objectives. How about it was a horribly embarrassing failure? And Michelle Walensky uh, may be a very smart person. She's the worst public communicator I've ever seen on the public stage. CDC has been slow, contradictory, absurdly cautious at times, confusing, and just seemed out of touch and frequently looked political, as with its new whatever program. Don't need to mask, whatever. Don't need to uh, uh, quarantine if you have the virus. Don't need to do any of these things. Uh, because the administration now is trying to send a message that the pandemic is is basically over now it's okay so now now that maybe we made a mistake no big deal just because businesses went out i mean think about all the different businesses that have yet to come back across the country and all of these beautiful cities that we all love so much and also students by the way there are students in philly and in new canaan and a couple other places around the country that are still told they got to mask up it's like Think about the effect it's having on kids and adults and, oh, my God, what a mess. So, boy, is it a couple years too late that we're finally getting an apology. And will President Trump get an apology tomorrow? Uh, Because tomorrow in court we'll find out if that affidavit will be released or not. We're going to be following that and definitely taking your calls on that tomorrow. Let's go to Norm real quick from Brooklyn. Uh, Norm, you're here on the Rita Cosby Show. You know what's so funny, Norm? Do I know you, Norm? You're one of our favorite callers. I said as soon as I said the word Fauci, the next word was going to be Norm from Brooklyn's calling in. Go ahead, my friend. Yes. I just think the CDC is walking back their COVID talk because they achieved everything Fauci and the Dems contracted them to do, like ruin the economy and help divide the American people with their mandates. So now they're walking back COVID, but they're moving on to monkeypox, West Nile virus, and polio. Yeah, I know. You're right. Now they've got <laughs> other terrain, right, to go through. But what a mess. You know, but it, it's so, oh, sorry, maybe we weren't exactly perfect. What a zoo. Norm, thank you. I love you, and it's great great to hear from you, Norm. Let's go to John in Tennessee. Uh, John, I understand you want to talk about the Trump affidavit. Go ahead. Yeah, I just appreciate you reporting on this. If, we didn't, if you didn't have people reporting like this like you, we wouldn't know what was going on. We'd be really buffooned. But uh, my wife and I say that every day. We like to listen to your show and some things on Fox and whatnot. But anyway. Thank you. This, and yeah. you know what? I believe in telling the truth because this, this is serious stuff. When you go after the president of the United States, they better have their ducks in order. And they seem to be leaking all over the place and yet they're going to say oh we can't leak the affidavit but they can leak it privately to the media media to undermine the former president i mean this is this is not america well and also as a christian i don't like to call people liars but you know in this case i'll make an example because they said they weren't going after january 6 and they said that this was not going to be uh you know uh one of those kind of it's going to be a, a specific search, and it's so wide it's not even funny. And I'm I'm a ten year veteran at U.S. Air Force, so you know I, it just makes me sick to think I was in Vietnam and then some more. Sometimes after didn't really do any real hand fighting, but you know supported the aircraft over there. And I just it just really bothers me that our country is going in this direction, and that you can't even trust the FBI or the DOJ anymore. And so you know people ask me all the time, hey, what do you think about the Air Force? I go. Well, it was pretty good when I was in there. I got my education paid for and everything else. If you want to get your education paid for, go in the military. You get paid, get your education paid for, and get cheap food and gas on the base and everything. But 
it just I don't know if I'd do it right now. I think I would have second thoughts about going in the military, but we do have to have a military. You and I'm bet. getting a little off the subject. No, but. no, no. But by the way, John, um, thank you, first off, also for your service. I mean, to me, it's so great to hear from you because we appreciate your service and you fought for freedom in America. And we are really still believe are the beacon of the world. And I also believe that, yes, there are obviously some people who are highly political at the DOJ and the FBI, and they're leaking like sibs, and they're clearly trying to undermine this president at every turn. But there's still so many good people at both of those agencies who really want to do the right thing. The key is justice needs to be fair for everybody, including the former president of the United States. And let's see what this judge does tomorrow. We're going to cover it here on the show. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.